Welcome to the Eskenazi Health Here for You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs that Eskenazi Health has to offer our patients and the communities we serve. My name is Brian Van Bocklin with the Eskenazi Health Public Affairs team, and we have one of our favorites, Blakeney Brooks, in to talk about Project Life. Uh, Blakeney's the Injury Prevention Coordinator with the Trauma Program here at Eskenazi Health. Uh, before we dive into Project Life, a little bit more about you, Blakeney, your background, how long you've been with Eskenazi, all of that stuff. So I have been with Eskenazi uh, for four years. Um, before that, I was with the Marion County Public Health Department. So in all in all, I have been with Health and Hospital Corporation for about 15 years. Um, so uh, what I do currently is as the injury prevention coordinator is oversee all of the um, violence prevention programming uh, for our trauma services. So we see anyone who comes into the hospital that's been shot, stabbed, or assaulted, and we make sure that they get what they need um, so that it doesn't happen again to, to lower violent injury recidivism. So we're here to talk about Project Life. It's a court-mandated program designed to help uh, educate youth ages 12 to 17 and their families about the consequences arising from acts of violence. Um, I, I like that you mentioned that it's you know shot, stabbed. Uh, so because traumatic uh, violence is not just a gunshot wound. No. Like what goes into Project Life? Can you break break down this? Is it a new program for us? No. So Project Life has been around for uh, probably more than five years. So it's been going on far before I started here. Um, But it's kind of a collaboration between IMPD, um, the juvenile justice system, um, other um, like level one hospitals. So Methodist participates in some of that. And then there's some community organizations that also participate. So kind of the target population for Project Life is youth that have a gun charge. And so the purpose is to get them to see how their consequences have affected not only themselves, um, but others and what could possibly happen down the road if they continue to do this. So it's really meant to lower juvenile uh, criminal justice recidivism. And this one focuses on guns specifically. Yes, yes, guns specifically. Okay. Yes. So and then also it's not so much the uh the victims as much as it's the perpetrators. It's the that perpe- it, yes. it focuses it's on. focuses mostly on the perpetrators. Okay. How does the program uh developed how how was it developed and what are the goals of the program? So it was started um just as um a, a gathering of minds. Um we have youth that are being charged with Guns, you know, gun possessions, and they're too young to be doing that. So what can we do? And so IMPD, the prosecutor's office, um, Riley, Eskenazi, and some other organizations got together and said, what can we put together? Um, and so Project Life is, was born. Um, and then from there, it's just kind of developed as the needs developed. Um, so, you know, of course, when COVID came, everything was exacerbated. And so we had to change some things. We had to learn how to do it all from... Uh, computers um, because we couldn't have anybody come in. Um, And then the ages are starting to get younger. So making sure that the material that we are putting out, um, that we're giving them the information really um, resonates with them um, mostly. So just making sure that our, you know, the, the information that they're learning something that they can apply today and not something that's going to happen five years down the road. So, and, and it's, it's shocking about how young people are yes. uh, when, when they get themselves wrapped up in these situations. So, okay. You've gone, uh, a person has gone through the situation. The court has mandated project yes. life. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? How does the program work from there? So um, we work with an organization called Connections Inc., 
um, and they work with the probation officers, and they set up um, each class. They're invited to that class. It's mandatory. Um, our probation officers make sure that this, the students or the youth make it to each class. There's three of them, so they have to go Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, and if they miss any of them, then they have to redo it. So they understand that. They're not allowed to have their cell phones, um, and they're you know made to to participate, so you got to answer some questions. We feed them, so you know if you feed them, they will come. So that always makes it <laughs> seriously. I, I, I say it all the time, but it really does work. If you feed people, they will show up. Um, and so, um, then everybody has their parts on day one. It's a certain um, a certain programming. Like they may be looking at um, safety, maybe day one, day two, maybe on trauma, um, day three. Um, maybe on uh, medical consequences, which is the part that I do. I let them know, you know, what happens when a bullet enters your body. It tumbles and it spins and everything that it hits, it destroys. And this is what the doctors have to do to keep you alive until they can get you to the OR and talk about thoracotomies and the all the um, things that could happen, consequences such as, you know, the worst being death, but then you could end up in a vegetative state. You could end up brain dead. You could end up paralyzed. You could end up missing an arm. You could end up, you know, with a permanent nerve damage so that you can't use your hands anymore. And then I make them think about what are all the things that you enjoy doing that these things would prohibit you from being able to do. You know, at 16 years old, you know, if you're missing a limb, you want to start driving, it's going to be a little more difficult for you to start driving. Um, and then to push it home, I usually talk about all the things they're doing to be more independent because at that age, everybody wants to get out of their mama's house. They want to make their own money and do their own thing, um, but making them realize that the choices that they're making are making them even more dependent on the people around them. So then, you, then I talk about their family situations. Who do you have in your family that is willing to take you, you know what I'm saying, to every follow-up appointment, doctor's appointment, surgery, um, if you end up paralyzed, where in your house would you put a, a hospital bed? Because you can't sleep in a regular bed, and it can't be upstairs. You have to be, you know, downstairs in someone's living room where someone is feeding you, changing you, um, all of those things, bathing you, you know, right there. So you have to think about those kind of consequences. Is that how you want to live? Because that's very possible um, that you would end up that way. So. What's the attitude of kids when they come in on that on the first day of this? Because I'm here because a judge told me I had to be here. I'm just oh, yeah. I'm here for three days. I'm gonna whatever. Absolutely. How does how does that work over the course of the three days? And so there's there always change? a few. There's always a couple that are coming in like I'm only here because I gotta be here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can say what you want, and I really don't care. But then most of them, which is actually the surprising part, most of them listen and participate and want to know more and want to know um, who they can contact in the future. Because we have um, Jordan Bartlett. Um, he also does a piece where he talks about risk factors and talks about um, here's all the risk factors that you can't control. Here's the ones that you can. And by controlling these ones, you could be better off. And he's a certified life coach, so he, his is a lot more, you know, <laughs> exciting than the rest of them. And so they want to know, well, how can I get in contact with somebody like that who can help me when I'm in those situations make those better decisions and stuff? And so most of them really are receptive to it. Um, we had we did a study with IU um, School of Medicine. Um, someone came in and evaluated the program and basically it said that majority of the, when people go through this program, they are better off. The youth come out on the other end better um, than they came in. So how is this different from, I guess, a 
run-of-the-mill group therapy session? Is it, 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 are there many differences to that? It, how does it work compared to that? So group therapy is more uh, client-led. And so the people that are coming are um, talking about what they need at the time. Um, and then they decide if they want to come and go. With this situation, they have to come for these three days and we choose the curriculum that they're going to learn. So is there a, uh, I would think that, so what's the order of the three days? It starts with IMPD, then uh, yeah, someday. It, yep. That's usually how it starts. It starts with IMPD or somebody from IMPD mm-hmm. coming and having a conversation. Um, it may be a community. Um, they do stop the bleed. So they do yep. learn stop the bleed, which is very good. So if they ended up in that situation again, saving lives, you know, stopping the bleed is the best way to save a life until help arrives. Um, so they learn stop the bleed. Um, and then some, like I said, some community organizations, some grassroots organizations come in and tell them about their resources and how they can help. And, and then we have some people come in who've been in that life before who talk about, here's the decisions I made. Here's how it turned out for me. You know, don't do this. I would say I would imagine, I mean, can you watch the attitudes change over the three? Because I would imagine when you get to the Eskenazi part and you talk about what the bullet does that's usually, I would think, where people kind of snap. Well, to. they definitely do perk up when I show them those pictures because I do show them some pretty gory yeah. pictures of, uh, you know, actual things in the emergency room that they're going to see. As they have a picture of a thoracotomy, which is when the doctor has to cut the ch- chest open and spreads it open to find that bleed, <laughs> to you know, to find that bleed to get you stabilized, yeah. to get you to the operating room, and that's usually, you know, you're unconscious when that happens they're not there's not going to be any pain medicine and chances are you know it's survival rate of that is three to eight percent you know what i'm saying so we give them those numbers and tell them like out of a hundred people three percent three of you you know three people would survive this you know what i mean and so that gets them thinking like i don't want to do that and then i usually start off you know death is the worst case scenario of something that happened but a lot of them like i would never want to live in a vegetative state you mean i'm just gonna lay there for the rest of my life while my mom comes to visit you that's exactly what's gonna happen or if you're paralyzed you mean i'll never be able to walk again no you're not gonna walk again i've heard i've heard stories of people who yeah that's a one-off like you're not gonna walk again (laughs) you know what i mean and so they sometimes they're trying to rationalize it like no if i was paralyzed i would be okay and if i could still use my arms and if i could still use my wheelchair yeah your boys is not going to come pick you up in your wheelchair absolutely not (laughs) you know know, the thing is i I think and everyone thinks they're going to be the one like everyone thinks even car accidents they're going to be the one person who like yes. the seatbelt actually walk hurt away. them or, you yes, know, yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, how's this uh, program different from the other violence prevention programs that Eskenazi Health has? So our other violence prevention programs, uh, for instance, um, Prescription for Hope, um, those are open to anybody ages 15 to, we say 34, but anybody who's been shot, stopped or assaulted, but they're voluntary. Any of our other programs, people are joining them because they want to do better for themselves. Um, so that's the main difference is the people who come want to come. And so that's why we're able to help them and complete the programming and get them what they need mm-hmm. and back to work and get them to their follow-up appointments and all of those things because that's what they want. They're ready mm-hmm. to get back out in the world and 
Um, we also have a trauma therapist on staff so that can see people while they're here in the hospital. So we have some that are here for months at a time sometimes. And so having somebody that they can talk to immediately while they're laying in the bed, going through and th- making those decisions like what's next, you know, we have somebody that can come up there immediately and see them whenever they want to be seen. We're talking with Blakeney Brooks uh, about uh, Project Life. Um, do we have any, so it, it's been around for about five years now. Yes. Do we have, what sort of data and impact is the program been having as we address re- I always mispronounce recidivism. Recidivism, it's yes. still, I don't know what it is with me in that word. Everyone has a word <laughs> that they just struggle with, and that is it for me. But anyway, how, 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 what sort of impact has the program had? So we have um, done a study. Like I said, um, we had the program evaluated by IU um, School of Medicine. Um, somebody from that department in their research department did come and do some research regarding those that are participating in the program and those who have it in the outcome, and the outcome is better that they're in the program. About how many people have gone through the program so oh, far? Oh, I could not tell you. Uh, thousands. So, yeah, so thousands. That, right I mean, okay, we do right it on. monthly for three days, and it's new people every, every month. Every time? Yeah, every single month it's new students, and our each month is filled up months ahead of time. So we already have next month is already full. Month, you know, We probably already filled out to January of – those youth who have to come. It's part of their probation. So we're filling them up as we get those names. It's, it's and it's it's great that the program is here, but at the same time it's kind of a bummer that it's so filled up so many yeah. months out. Yeah. And, and and all of that. Um I, I I would say how do you get connected, but you get connected through the through the court system. But if someone wants to learn more about Well Project if somebody Life, wants to learn more, they can just give me a call um at three one seven eight eight zero uh, eight five eight two. Um, a piece of that, though, the piece that I do of Project Life is just educating kids about guns, and so which is just talking about the medical consequences. And I do those outside of Project Life. So um, if anybody just wants me to come and do that piece, um, more than capable to come and show your youth what it's like being in the hospital after being shot. Uh, is there anything that we have not hit on on Project Life I yet? I think so. I, I, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. We've, this is our second time, so yeah. I think we got it yeah. all this time. <laughs> Blakeney Brooks, thank you very much for coming in. Project Life, you can find out more about uh, this, all the programs. Uh, go to EskenaziL.edu. Uh, there's a drop-down, click in trauma, and then there's support yep. services. It's all it's all in there at EskenaziHealth.edu. Thank you very much for taking no some problem. time to come thank and talk Thank you for having us. me. Uh, you can find this in all of our episodes at Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. I heard something about maybe they're they going to get us on some other platform here so maybe i can <laughs> let that cat out of the bag in come coming episodes but thank you to julianne to joe and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the eskenazi healthier for you podcast